0: welcome to the red dirt nation podcast i'm here with selena gomasol and we're talking about outback futures as well as all sorts of things as we have a yarn together today so i'm just going to give selena the opportunity just to introduce herself and tell us a little about who she is
1: hi warren thanks very much for the chance to have this conversation um where do i start i'm a wife and a mother of three young adult children I'm a psychologist by trade, but I try not to advertise that too widely. Um, I have, yeah, ended up becoming very passionate about rural and remote Australia, which is not what I had anticipated at this stage of my life. Um, I also, with my brother and our families together, run the Brisbane Valley Protein Precinct, which we breed beef poultry lamb quail Um, so that's also another interest that I hadn't anticipated having at this stage in my life either Um, so yeah that's a bit of a brief introduction I guess um, faith and family form the center of who I am but more often than not these days Outback Futures consumes my waking moments and my sleeping moments pretty much
0: what a great cause to be a part of. Actually, you've done a nice segue. Next week, I'm interviewing Duncan Brown from Brisbane Valley Protein. So there we go. That'll be something to look forward to as well. So did you grow up around uh, an urban setting or what's sort of your background as far as your childhood upbringing?
1: Well, I was actually born on a dairy farm um, in Togulawar and then at my we moved to the city so i've been pretty much raised in the city but there's always been connections to the bush my dad's owned cattle properties all my life um as i just said my brother and i somehow run a farming business in the in the brisbane valley so there's certainly rural blood in the family and a lot of interest in that area but i've actually been pretty much raised a city girl
0: Oh, nothing to be ashamed of, we're not worried about that. I grew up on a dairy farm as well, so we we, we share some common history as far as that's concerned, and probably a little bit of a sense of um, what it's like to be on the land. Again, Selena and I don't claim to be um, people of great farming capacity, but on the other hand, we do share a real passion for people in rural and remote places. And uh, Now, I was speaking at a men's camp last year out at Aramac in Central Western Queensland, and I came across a man by the name of Peter Whipp, who is the chairperson of Outback Futures. And he began talking to me about this great thing and also about Selena as well and her leadership. And uh, just it was just wonderful to be talking to him out in a rural setting about the wonderful work that Outback Futures are doing. Actually, if you want to check out a little bit more about them, you can go to outbackfutures.org.au and you'll pick up a little bit more of a story. But what I really would like to hear from Selena, I reckon you probably do too, is how did this dream of Outback Futures sort of begin to form and what is the mission of of this great little movement?
1: Well, I'd have to say there wasn't any dream, Warren, because if you'd told me that this is what I was going to be doing at this point in my life, I, I would have laughed you off the planet probably. Um, it was really yeah, very unexpected. I was a city psychologist in a private practice, fairly comfortable, happy doing what I was doing. Um, But really, I guess, responded to a call to support some women and kids off really remote properties in far north Queensland and got a really unique glimpse into the needs of the bush that I was really oblivious to. I guess I had never really needed to know what the situation was in the books around service provision, around mental health, around suicide. And so this glimpse, I found it very confronting to find that there were people in First World Queensland who had such poor and inconsistent service provision, who were so isolated and who had a culture and a setting that meant that there was just massive inequity um, for me. And so I guess out of that um there were a few of us both bush and city working together and a really powerful and unique bush informed model started to evolve it wasn't my model i believe it's god's model um cuz i could never have dreamed of it and certainly even back then when it first started if someone had said to me you know in 5 years time you'll be an organization of 50 people you know servicing you know huge proportions of western queensland i I just sort of gone, you've gotta be kidding. So it's been a really um, interesting and mind-blowing journey.
0: So good, and, and I like that admission, I guess I identify with it too, that you know, very often we don't think about people in rural and remote places. I think the recent drought and fires have obviously um, alerted us to the plight of people in rural and remote places. But most of the time they're the unassuming Australians who just get on with doing whatever they do. But truth be told, they have all the same problems that the rest of us do, only potentially can be magnified by loneliness. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, Selina, the situation of people, particularly in the furthest flung parts of, of the nation?
1: I think, yeah, you know, the, the essence of who we are is exactly the same. So a lot of the, you know, the parenting struggles and the learning struggles and those sorts of things are the same. But when you live, you know, between two and eight hours from a regional hub, when you only get a psychologist to your region once a month or once every few months, or you only go to town once every few months, um, when you're isolated, when you're on the back of eight years of successive drought. Um, When you've had a tradition of such poor service provision and such little help that you've actually just given up on that side of life. And then when you add that to a bush culture that says the strong say silent and you suck it up and you just keep pushing through because that's what we do in Australia and that's what we do in rural Australia, it's a sort of a, a perfect storm, really, to just create a mental health and suicide problem in our bush that that's heartbreaking it really is and I refer to it as a deep wound in the heart of Australia that most people don't know exists
0: and so Selena and 50 plus other people um, many of them just come and help at certain points when it's needed Um, they are charged with the task of trying to be a friend to people in remote places and to reach out really and say look um there are people that do care and there are people that can be helpful and they'll respect you and your point of view but uh, but they want to be helpful now you uh, run things here and there in different parts of remote queensland tell us a little about what you do how you how you um, build this bridge but also be present in particular communities
1: yeah, well it's it's a it's quite a unique model. So what we've developed is what we call the community facilitation model. So we don't actually call ourselves a service provider, even though we provide service, because we're actually about whole of community change. So really Outback Futures, whilst we have and a multidisciplinary teams and we run mobile clinics with psychologists and counselors and OTs and speeches and learning and literacy support people throughout remote Queensland. Actually, the bottom line for us is trusted relationship. We have teams that are recruited and committed to a specific community so that we can provide consistent, long-term support. But ultimately, we're about what we would call a primary prevention model. So we're about working with kids and families to shift the suicide and mental health outcomes in 10, 20 years' time. So it's so often now the money gets poured into the emergency departments or into the people who are already struggling, and that's really important. But Outback Futures is all about trying to one shift the stigma, help people to better understand what mental health is and how important it is, to value it and then to fight for it. So I know you talked about Peter Whip before, you know, one of the things that one of his mantras that plays in my head because I should say that a really priority commitment for Outback Futures is that we're bush-informed. So we have a bush and city board, which is why we have a chair who's a board, a bush member. We're really committed to not being a city model, being prescribed on a bush culture. So it's really important for us to, to listen to the bush and to build relationship with them and to help them work out what they need to do in their community to have better outcomes down the track. So it's about self-efficacy. So Peter Whip would say, you know, in, in 10 years' time, if Outback Futures were to leave the bush, I don't want our communities to go, oh, no, Outback Futures is gone, what do we do? We want our communities to go, okay, Outback Futures is gone, but we now know what mental health is about. We know how important it is. We know what good service provision looks like and what we've got a right to, and we're going to fight for it. So it's actually about giving the bush a confident voice, enough value from others to value themselves and to advocate for what they need. Because I think the bush so often doesn't get a voice in that space.
0: So good. Actually, I think Peter Whip is such a cracking name for someone uh, (laughs) from way out there. How fitting, how fitting is that? I'm speaking to Selena Gomisole. She's CEO of Outback Futures. And she's part of the founding team of this, uh, this great movement, which is bridging between the city and the bush, but particularly orienting towards remote places, um, helping people in some of the, the highest needs that are there. It's hard to um, break down perceptions sometimes. It's hard for people in, in smaller communities to, to develop trust. And I love this model of being relationship-oriented. Can you tell us, Selena, um, a story or two about how you've forged perhaps a, a special bond in a community and um, and what that feels like and what that looks like in that place. We don't have to ne- mention names here, of course, but we're just getting a general idea of the work of Outback Futures.
1: Oh, there are so many stories, Warren. I guess when you would know that when you get out in the bush and you start connecting with these people, you you fall deeply in love with them and you connect with the heart and the authenticity of, of who these people are. And I think, you know, some of the stories that resonate most profoundly are when you have a farmer that has take, has been struggling for years and finally plucks up the courage to reach out. And, and one of the things about Outback Features, we don't have a shop front, so we meet people wherever they want to be met. Often graziers talk to us on the phone in the car when they're driving because that's a safe space. But when you get a farmer who's taken years to pluck up the courage... Um, He's terrified about it. He does it as discreetly and quietly and privately as possible. But then as he builds trust, as you just connect with him when it suits him and how it suits him and you just build relationship, there's no sense of we work very hard to not be an expert. Well, we know that we're not an expert. Um, So it's really about loving and listening and learning from our end. But to see that farmer, you know, 12, 18 months down the track, sitting in the pub and telling his mates about what it's been like getting help from that psych person from the city and how actually it's been really good and and you should give it a try. Or when you have a mayor who, instead of just telling his community to seek help, actually gets help for himself and then is able to stand in front of his community and go, you know what, I've given this a go and it makes a difference. I want to encourage you to do it too. And in fact, I wanna lead with that as a priority for me when you see these people going from their personal pain to being public advocates um, defying bush culture and saying you know this this matters this is making a difference i'm really excited i want you to have it too we're starting to see communities change. We're starting, you know, when I have a kid that comes up to me and pulls on my jacket and says, excuse me, but I haven't had a, a talk with someone from Outback Futures yet, when's it my turn? I've got some worries too. That's when you go, yeah, this is the farmer in 20 years time is going to go, I remember talking to that person in the black shirt from Outback Futures, it, it was cool, I'm going to do it again, I'm going to get help for my kids. That's about changing the shape and doing it in a way that's safe, that's relational and seeing them own it. It, It's a very inspiring thing to be part of.
0: So good. I've been a um, chaplain for a lot of years in rugby league and it's interesting being part of culture change within a rugby league club in terms of perhaps um, staff or young men who begin to be transparent about the things that they're going through and how that creates an openness right across the group when it comes to saying, well, actually, yeah, okay, I've got my stuff too. So we really wanna honor those brave people in rural and remote places who step out of the shadows a little bit and, and are prepared to be open. And, and how good is it that we have mayors and, uh, and other people like that in leadership roles who, who are willing to be transparent and to advocate for Outback Futures and the great work they're doing. So give us a bit of a description about where you are as an organisation at the moment, Selena, some of the things that are going on for you, and how you see things potentially developing as we move forward.
1: Well, yeah, I guess, as I said before, I, I would never have expected to be where we are now. I sort of always imagined we'd be a very small group doing little things. And in some ways, we are just a group of ordinary people doing whatever we're led to do. But... You know, we've gone from being, you know, a team of five back in 2000, beginning of 2018, to now we've got 50 staff and we're across, you know, nine, ten shires in remote Queensland. Um, It's a challenging space because particularly in, in the area of getting funding and getting recognition for the model, because whilst it's making an impact on the ground and the locals are getting excited about it it's not your standard thing to invest in so for governments they want to invest in they want to procure a service and they want to invest in something that they can see you know the outputs of in in the short term as much as possible and and i get that but this is this whole of community change and seeing intergenerational change actually means people need to be investing in a vision that's you know 20 years in in time frame so there's lots of challenges around that but look i think that the the beautiful thing about our model is that it, we only go where we're invited so it's really a word of mouth model and it comes from relationships so we tend to to move from region to the next region as people get a sense of who we are and what we're doing so it feels like there's still lots of growth to be had um, and who knows where we'll be in five years time
0: well hopefully keeping on keeping on because um, the model is quite powerful and I love the way that you've got that long-term vision And also thinking about, well, what if Outback Futures disappears? What would we leave? What would the legacy be? I think that's so profound to be thinking that way. Maybe you're in a startup now, or you're leading some uh, organization that's a not-profit. It's worth thinking about those long-term things, because um, in the end, your legacy will be the impact you have on people, the relationships, whether the name of your organization survives or not. It's sort of secondary to the whole thing. Now, we've been talking about farmers, which has been great people in rural and remote places but Selena kindly introduced me to some of the staff this morning and there's a lady here wonderful lady who's repping for First Nations people and I'd love, love to hear a little bit about, about what's going on in that space and, um, and uh, how that connectivity is working because you've got you know city and the bush that's one dynamic and then you've got indigenous and non-indigenous Australians that's another so tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on there for you Selena.
1: Yeah, that's that's a really interesting space for us. So, whilst we've got you know quite a few First Nations clients in across our regions, and we've been doing some work in that space, it's really a, an area that I've been very conscious from the beginning that if we step into that, I want to do it right, and I want to do it well. There's no way I want to go into, um, you know, into into mobs and into space where. I'm going in with white mindset. So we've really wanted to wait until we had the right person to lead us. We've had invitations but at this stage I've just been very reluctant. So Lee's come on now, Lee Yetika has come on as our First Nations Partnership Coordinator and she's now starting in a really beautiful way to initiate conversations with um, traditional owners and various groups around the regions that we're involved in so that we can go in in the right flavor and in the right way Um, and it's just such a blessing and so exciting to be starting those conversations I mean you know the speech therapy work that we do with kids the OT work the psychology doing that in a first nation space is going to look different and we want to be doing that with real integrity so we've rather than rush in we've waited to do it and Now the time is right, so yeah, that's that's sort of a watch this space for us at the moment.
0: So cool, First Nations people leading the way, and that's what we want—a fantastic. Well, some people like me last year, I heard about Outback Futures for the first time. Some people are hearing about Outback Futures for the first time as they listen to this podcast. How can people support what you're doing? How can we cheer on this wonderful work that you're? uh, you're invested in
1: oh there's lots of ways Warren I guess one of the most important things for us in the work that we do is longevity and consistency in the bush so many people do their stint in the outback and then they leave so you know the workforce in a lot of the regions that we're involved in is so short and so for us one of our key mantras when we employ people is we want you to be here for the long term we want to walk with our communities for the long term So yes we need people to you know make donations to Outback Futures and things like that but we'd actually love people to to parallel that and to come on the journey with us for the long term. I guess you know for me personally one of the biggest ways I'd love people to support us is through prayer because this journey um, is not happening in our strength but I guess additionally People can, you know, we, we sponsor World Vision Kids, we sponsor Compassion Kids, we, and, and that's all critical. But to support an Outback Futures you know, region or the work of Outback Futures in a small, regular way is something that's very powerful, even if it's just $10 a month. For us, that's a sign we've got someone on the journey with us. And that partnership concept is what's really important to us.
0: So good, and I think that the, um, the outbackfutures.org.au website will point you in the right direction when it comes to exploring how you might support um, the wonderful work of this great organisation. Now, we're going to move away from Outback Futures a little bit now and just talk about this wonderful country that we're living in. And I'm going to ask the Selena the question, well, where have you been in Australia that blew you away? We want to hear about something that, uh, that really has stuck with Selena about this wide red land of ours
1: well there are probably two things that come to mind and they're both very different one is i think every time i just drive out west and there's just nothingness and it's just long roads and it's red dirt um, and it's dusty and it's dry and it's hot there's something about that that whilst it's incredibly rugged and hostile at some levels is just deeply beautiful as well. So I think just that, that vastness. But in contrast to that, I mean, you talked about my other interest is Brisbane Valley Protein and the Brisbane Valley, which is not remote, remotely remote, um, but when I sit in the valley there in the hills and sometimes the greenness there and just the serenity of that is a very sweet spot for me in Australia
0: fantastic yeah we love our red dirt you're listening to the red dirt nation podcast i'm with selena Gomesol, who's ceo and part of the founding team of outback futures and we're just yarning about life about the work of outback futures and what it means to be someone who's invested in people in this country and also how we're doing that and uh, you've been uh, just listening to some wonderful stories about what's going on there now, we uh, we all have a little bit of life wisdom that we learn along the way. And um, one of the questions I like to ask is, well, if there's something you'd like to pass on, some life lesson that could be of benefit to people listening, what would it be, Selena?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, I think probably for me, you know, as a psychologist, there's lots of rules around how you deliver service and your boundaries and, you know... All your ethical guidelines but I think probably for me the key thing I've learned through this whole journey is that no matter the culture the geography age or the context trusted relationship is the key to everything Um, so regardless of our level of expertise or our years of experience or what we think we bring to any situation seeking first to love and then to listen and learn from those around us is the best way to begin to influence or change any situation so I, I think it's about love and relationship whether it's in the bush whether it's in the city yeah
0: well we can all carry that with us and it's just been great to have a chat to selena and just to hear a little bit of the work i'm sure we're going to talk again at some point but on behalf of those listening selena we want to say thank you for your pioneering work we want to thank you for your leadership and um, we want to really cheer you on in what you're doing so if you want to find out more outbackfutures.org.au my name's warren crank you've been listening to the red dirt nation podcast and we'll chat a little bit later down the track hey see ya